countless number of individuals trying to explain to these companies ever thought of that? The countless numbers of moms and dads who are sitting at some kitchen table explaining to their kids how they may have to move out, how daddy doesn't have a job because a bunch of people in a C-suite thought it'd be a good idea to sit around and play pretend Dr. Fauci for a moment and mandate people jam something in their bodies that they don't want to take. I'm not leaving any of those guys behind. You can have me, or you can have the mandate. But you can't have both. Let freedom ring. Let the white dove sing. Let the whole world know that today is the day of a reckoning. Hello, everybody, and welcome back here to Freedom's Call. Uh, glad that you could join us. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Sturley, and uh, here with a little bit of a new and improved show, hopefully. That's the intent anyway. Uh, so I definitely hope that you uh, enjoy the video portion of our podcast. We'll be adding some uh, videos and different features. Um, this week will be a little bit, uh, a little bit different. Uh, I am going to attempt to explain uh, liberal uh, regressive ideology in this show and how you can look through, uh, how you can understand and make sense of the liberal regressives, regressives agenda. Now, I just use the term liberal regressive. I just want to uh, define that here for you real quick because they claim to, you know, they like to use the term progressive. Uh, that's a nice positive sounding term. There's nothing progressive whatsoever about the liberal regressive agenda, except that it always the only thing that progresses is the size and the power of the central government. The first segment of this uh, this uh, foray into liberal regressive ideology is Musk versus mask. And it's really been uh, difficult here the last couple of weeks to figure out which has freaked out the left more in the woke crowd. Now, unless you've been living in a cave uh, you should know by now that Elon Musk, uh, founder of Tesla, SpaceX, and several cool things like that, uh, has purchased Twitter for $44 billion. And I believe the deal was that he had, was putting up $21 billion of his own money and then had secured from Goldman Sachs and, and, a, couple, and a few banks uh, the balance of that uh, other $23 billion, roughly. So, We'll, we'll go. We'll we'll start here with a a statement that uh, Elon Musk made about Twitter. And what Elon Musk said in his, in his statement was, "Free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated." I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features and making the algorithms more open source uh, to increase trust, defeating the spam bots and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Now, this is what, I mean, I, I agree with this statement. And to explain some of this, uh, the algorithms are uh, work in the background uh, to control content and censor some users, and we'll get into that a little bit later. And also to, uh, determine what is going to be trending, what are popular topics, uh, what is at the top of a feed, and uh, that's what an algorithm does. And right now, nobody knows what the algorithms are. 
no they're they're very secret it's like uh, it's, it's like heinz 50 this heinz 57 recipe it's like colonel sanders herbs and blend of herbs and spices it's 93 percent perspiration six percent electricity four percent evaporation and two percent butterscotch ripple nobody knows what any of this stuff is nobody knows what these twitter algorithms are and that is uh one thing that elon musk wants to make more transparent open source means putting the source code out there and letting everybody see exactly how Twitter controls traffic and controls content. The end result with Elon Musk would be that they don't control content. It is a free and open ex exchange of ideas. Uh, the spam bots, you know, you'll get, if you're on Twitter, you'll get some of these spam bots. There'll be just little, um, uh, you know, they're not actual users. They are, algorithms or computer programs that will direct you to certain advertising, put certain advertising up on your feed. Uh, also uh, might tailor some special uh, offers or uh, some subscription-based services that will, that will go to your feed based upon your usage, the people you follow uh, and, and things like that. They also, they also track uh, user traffic and what sites that you visit and who you follow and who you retweet and who you quote in a tweet uh, to uh, generate uh, advertiser uh, revenue. And then authenticating all humans. If you, again, if you're on Twitter, you see the little blue check mark, that means that that's an authentic person. You know, if you have, um, if you have a, a, a nationally known personality on there and their, uh, their, their name is spelled incorrectly, uh, for instance, like if whenever Donald Trump was on the platform, uh, it might have uh, Trump spelled with two P's. Well, that's not the real Donald Trump um, account. But then the uh, real Donald Trump account had a blue check mark by, and that means that uh, that was authenticated. That, that actually is the property. That is actually the the personal property of uh, of President Trump at the time. Obviously. He was one of the people who were banned. My Twitter has been disabled, totally rigged by the mainstream Tweetia. Ooh, that's good. And tweet! As, as a result of these algorithms, you know, numerous people have been banned, and the banning generally goes almost 100% in one direction towards people who are, are right of center. Uh, you know, President Trump was deplatformed for. Uh, hurting people's feels and offending the blue check marks. The New York Post had their account uh, suspended for a period of time uh, after publishing the Hunter Biden laptop story uh, back in October of 2000. What was that? 2016, and just about just a mere three or four weeks before the election. And the blue check marks. And establishment media and the algorithms all claim that that was Russian propaganda. And, you know, as it turns out, the story has, is 100% true. And nobody in the Hunter Biden camp has ever, uh, has, has ever claimed that the emails are not authentic, that the material and the, the videos and all the information that were on, that was on the laptop, uh, hard drive 
have didn't were not accurate that were fabricated or anything like that. So this has all been true. And then Chuck Grassley, just a couple of weeks in Congress, actually he produced the receipts. He brought the receipts and showed the traffic in and out of Hunter Biden's bank accounts. And for Rosemont Seneca Partners, uh, one of his uh, one of his companies that he had formed uh, that had laundered through Russian, Ukrainian, and Chinese money, and uh, it's it's it all all the evidence is there. So apparently the Twitter these Twitter employees are all afraid of their free speech platform uh, being sold to Elon Musk and actually producing and allowing freedom free speech, which is crazy. Several woke users have uh, threatened to close their accounts and leave Twitter, and I'm not sure how many of them have also were the ones who pledged to leave uh, the United States and move to Canada if President Trump was ever elected. But I don't think we had a big migration of, uh, of leftists across the northern border uh, or to any type of um, you know, remote, remote island somewhere. So I don't believe many of them left whenever President Trump was elected. I don't think that many of them will leave Twitter now that Elon Musk has uh, purchase Twitter, which it, it was really amazing how quickly this came together, uh, and uh, in in a, a really ballsy move by Elon Musk. Now, Musk has said that you know he's not interested in the economics; he just wants to you know save save free speech and all that. Okay, that might be uh, you know part of what he wants to do. I can guarantee you that. Elon Musk is not going to put up $21 billion of his own money and not worry about the economics. I mean, he is, is, has taken Twitter uh, private. So he is the sole owner. He is the sole shareholder. He has to pay bond payments to the banks and to Goldman Sachs and to the other underwriters of the, of the uh, purchase. But as far as, I mean, the, everyone's accountable to him as of right now. So obviously his plan is, they can actually make Twitter profitable, uh, make it a free speech platform like it was originally intended, uh, get it out of the cesspool, actually make it generate revenue, and take it back public at some point in time for more than the $44 billion purchase price. So it'll be interesting to watch and see how everything um, progresses through this, uh, through this, um, through the through the coming months and years, uh, whenever that Twitter does go back public. So on the masking side of it, a federal judge in Florida uh, struck down the CDC's mask mandate for public transportation to the joy of many of the majority of Americans. Now, what this ruling said is that, they, that the, the CDC, before they released this mandate, that they did not allow a 60-day comment period to where the public could comment and voice their concerns uh, with any, and that's the requirement of any new regulation that, that uh, the federal bureaucracy uh, imposes on or proposes to impose on the American citizens. Uh, you know, that's probably the least, least the, the, the most innocuous uh, part of that ruling. The, the greater one, the greater part, the greater part of the ruling was that the CDC didn't have statutory authority to do this to begin with, to make any kind of mandate. So, in any federal bureaucracy, Congress has given them basically an, an, an enabling act that tells them 
you know, what their purview is, what their authority is, what they can do, what they can't do. And one of the things that they could not do, the CDC was not authorized in the enabling legislation to do, was pass a mandate uh, on the American people. Now, the comment rule can be suspended. Uh, they can, uh, a, a federal bureaucracy could deem something an emergency and they could put an, emer an emergency ruling or regulation uh, in place, but that ruling is, uh, is supposed to expire uh, within 60 day, at, at the 60 day period after that allows the, the 60 day comment period. And then at that point, you know, theoretically, if the, um, if the regulation was going to stay in force, then they would replace it with a per more permanent regulation uh, after the 60-day comment period. So aside from all that, aside from the statute, the statute, the statutory issues, aside from, you know, the, uh, the, the CDC not allowing the 60-day comment period, this is just flat unconstitutional. Uh, you know, so that that flies in the face. And there's an argument that could be made that the CDC itself is unconstitutional. Uh, is is this something that was under the under Congress uh, enumerated powers in the Constitution? Yeah, probably not. I don't think so. so and you can say that for the majority of the federal bureaucracy. So what this is led to is the <clears throat> predictable hyperbolic claim of the left that that the unmasked the unmasked and the unvaxxed, the unjabbed want to kill people. This is just absolutely just nonsense. There's no scientific evidence whatsoever that wearing a cloth mask that you picked up at the mall does anything to stop any iteration of the Wuhan Chinese Communist Party virus. Zero. Nothing short of a properly fitting N95 or KN95 mask can has any effect whatsoever. And even the, the, even those masks have limited effectiveness. There are no studies anywhere. Uh, they will claim a study over in Bangladesh. There are several issues with the way that study was conducted, the sampling group, control groups. It was, it was a very, very corrupt study uh, and really has been thoroughly discredited by people who are scientists and are, are, are a lot smarter about that, that type of research than I am. So the one thing is, if you want to wear a mask, you still can. You can wear masks, you can wear face shields, you can wear bubble wrap, you can wear whatever you want. You just can't force people to, to wear masks. So step two in our little foray here goes into the grooming of children. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir, I've never been up in a plane before. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Joey, you ever hang around a gymnasium? This is one thing that uh, if you've been following along with, uh, with, the, with the Florida um, uh, parental choice bill, uh, you know, Disney Corporation had their wings clipped by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature. You know, what Governor DeSantis did is he signed into law a removal of a special carve-out that allowed the Disney Corp Corporation theme parks to bypass much of state and local government to govern themselves. Now, if you've been to Disneyland or Disney World, you'll notice the streets around them are in substantially better shape than, than most of the uh, streets in the rest of the city. And that's because 
this special carve out, Disney allows Disney to bypass state and local government uh, bureaucracies and maintain their infrastructure. That's just one example. But Disney succumbed to the woke crowd's criticism that they were not opposing the Florida Parental Choice Bill, and which it, what the what the left claimed it had had dubbed it, their little bumper sticker was the "Don't Say Gay" bill. But it was actually the "It Doesn't Say Don't Say Gay" bill. It was the parental. It was a parental choice bill. Did not reference. Did not say anything about um, about. Uh, you know, didn't even contain the word gay or anything about uh, anything about um, gay or homosexuality in the bill. So Disney employees uh, had had bragged about promoting the LGBT alphabet plus agenda in Disney's children's programming. Now, they were they opposed this bill and, you know, because they didn't want they, they oppose this bill because they didn't, they did not think that parents should have play as big a role as what they actually are supposed to in the education of their children. You know, they, they, Disney corporation wanted to promote this, um, this, uh, um, thought of, you know, gender being assigned at birth. It's not assigned at birth. You, you X, Y, or, or two, uh, X chromosomes means you're either a man or a woman that's male or female. That's, that's what you are. There, that's and that is actual science, but they did not want parents to have have a choice in what their kids or any input uh, in what their kids are taught at school. And we're not talking about uh, oh, now keep in mind the hypocrisy here because the, there's always hypocrisy on the left. The, the left is always consistently inconsistent. They have no problem with you dumping a grand or several grand at their theme parks to take your kids on vacation. Now you can make that decision, but as far as what you're, what, what you're saying, those same kids are being uh, taught in school, then parents don't have any input there. So just absolutely crazy. So all the Florida parental choice, uh, parental rights bill said is that you cannot teach children in kindergarten through third grade about sex, gender studies, or promote them identifying as the opposite sex. That seems pretty, I mean, commonsensical to me, but nothing, there's very little on the left in the leftist regressive ideology that actually comports with any level of common sense. So what has happened and what has been proven and is occurring in schools all across the country is to where, uh, staff, teachers, counselors, and uh, nursing staff at schools, elementary schools, are allowing kids to, are promoting and wanting to give kids um, um, puberty blockers. Uh, they are wanting to, uh, some school districts have actually had alternative um, closets to where if kids, if, if a boy wants to pretend that he wants to, you know, thinks supposedly thinks or is talked into thinking that they're a girl and they want to dress like a girl, then they can change their clothes at the school and dress like a girl and identify as a girl. Total nonsense. Uh, also, all the way down to chemical castration and uh, genital mutilation has been uh, advocated for and supported for uh, in several uh, schools all across the country. Um, and all this done without the knowledge of the parents. Now, 
you were asking a seven or eight year old, somebody who cannot enter into a contract for another 10 or 11 years, cannot vote in for another 10 or 11 years, make any other kind of legal decisions, but somehow it's okay to have them uh, to think that they are emotionally, um, physically, or intellectually capable of making a life, a life changing decision, like lopping off their body parts. That's just total nonsense. And it's sorry, it's evil. That's what it is. So basically what the Disney corporation was wanting is, was advocating, advocating for, and several other employees were advocating for is things that if you did this in an office, talk about these things in an office environment, you'd be in the HR office in like about three seconds. And this is exactly what Disney and the leftist regressives wanted to teach, you know, five, six, seven, and eight-year-olds about. So just absolute total nonsense. So where Disney really had the, uh, came under fire and had got, drew the ire of uh, Governor DeSantis um, is they not only came out in support of teaching children this garbage, they also pledged to work to defeat the Florida bill and also to do the same if any bills of the same nature were presented in other states. Now, I am a free speech person. I believe that corporations, you know, I, I stood with I stood with um, with uh, Chick-fil-A whenever their owner, Dan Cathy, came out and advocated for um, traditional marriage, marriage between a man and a woman, as it has been traditionally defined for thousands of years. When you benefit from special treatment from the taxpayers, and then you pledge to work against their interests, you, you lose that right. You are, you are up, you are ripe for those, those ramifications. At least that's what happens whenever you have a governor like Ron DeSantis, who actually has a spine. Now, Governor DeSantis, you know, did not have a mandate. He 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 won his election by a little over forty thousand votes, and his opponent was actually on video snorting cocaine off a hooker's ass. And so it was. I mean, it was it was nip and tuck because uh, it, Florida had gotten to be a, a pretty split state. So he didn't have a mandate, but he does now. Uh, by he's because he's doing the right things, you know. Governor DeSantis did not shut his state down in 2020, and he's protecting the rights of the, the kids, the rights of parents, and the interests of parents. And so that is giving him an effective governing mandate. You contrast this with the Republican Party that claims that it cannot do anything unless they have the presidency and both houses of Congress, and still, even then, even when that happens, they waffle about and they accomplish very little. So the third part, uh, third topic that we're going to dive into here this evening is student debt cancellation. Fill this out. It's the standard payment plan extension form. You mean we didn't have to... Uh... But aren't you glad we did? So the Biden administration has moved to cancel $10,000 of student debt for each debtor who fits their the administration's qualifications. Now, you know, free college, hey, that that seems like a seems like a, a great idea, right? I mean, who doesn't like free stuff? And this is really where some young people and college aid people have 
uh, you know, actually supported Joe Biden because, you know, if you promise them free things and shiny objects, uh, you know, kids and young adults like that kind of stuff. But how free is it really? You know, the Democrat Party has long promised to forgive all the student debt, about $1.6 trillion in student debt. Now, back where I went to, did my undergrad, you know, I, I got, I, I had gotten a student loan from a private lending, lending institution, entered in a contract with them and, and paid it back within terms. Well, back in the Obama administration, they basically, they, they, they took, uh, they eliminated the private sector out of student, uh, student debt, uh, student uh, loan financing and made it a government agency. So now the federal government, uh, since, I guess that would have been probably about 2010, maybe or 11, uh, has been the sole um, the the sole um, loaner of funds to students for college. So it's really not forgiving anything because at the end of the day, the ta the taxpayer, the government doesn't doesn't generate any money on its own. It, it's only what it extracts from the taxpayer. So the taxpayer would eventually be on the hook for the obligations. So the leftist regressives always like to talk about fairness and, you know, and, and, and equity and just treating and, you know, punishing the rich people and giving to the poor people, kind of like the Robin Hood thing. But, you know, these debts just don't vanish in the thin air. If you look at this statistically, college grads make considerably more than high school graduates. And the actual figures vary by study, but according to a study from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, college graduates earn, and this is for a bachelor's degree, earn roughly 75% more per year than a high school graduate, $78,000 a year, as opposed to around $45,000 annually. These uh, figures are from, I believe, 2019, 2020, which were the most recent, uh, uh, most recent figures. Now, about 35% of high school graduates actually go to college. A smaller percentage of those actually end up graduating. So you're going to have the 65% not attending college, making lower wages. They, you're going to have them subsidize the college grads who are going to make more than, more than them after graduation. And again, we hear all about this talk about fairness. This doesn't seem very fair to me. So if I'm going to subsidize someone else's education, I mean, shouldn't I have a say in what I'm paying for? I mean, if you have somebody that's going to major in international, pansexual, left-handed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed English literature, there's not going to be much of a market for that. We're graduating so many people. There, you know, so many of these kids are just going to to school because their their parents told them they had to go to school. Or they just like, you know what, I really don't feel like working yet. So I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to take out the student debt and I'm going to get an absolute useless degree in under in underwater basket weaving. And the only thing that that's going to be good, good for is teaching underwater basket weaving classes. And, but, you know, I can go ahead and I can ride this gravy train for another four or five years before I have to get out into the workforce. I really don't want to grow up, you know, it's those, 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 you know, majors maybe aren't a waste of time, but there's just, there's no demand for that in the marketplace. They're basically useless degrees. And consequently, 
you know, there's a higher rate of unemployment in areas like in majors like sociology, theology, and public relations. I mean, I'm not saying anything that those aren't that those are useless degrees, but those are the statistics that there are there are higher rates of unemployment with those degrees uh, than there are with business degrees, accounting degrees, uh, you know, marketing degrees, and 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 the like. Now, shouldn't I get more bang for my buck if I'm going to be paying for in the in the end for your college education? I mean, I should, you know. If, if I'm going to pay for that, am, am I eligible to reap the benefits of, of that education, of that knowledge? You know, do I get a piece, you know, do I get half a percent of your earnings because uh, I, I've paid for, I've, I mean, I've paid for your education and you're going to use that to earn more money in your lifetime. So should I get a piece of that action again? I mean, we can, we can quickly go down the rabbit hole into the collectivist utopia of the left. And this is not a slippery slope. I mean, this is an absolute avalanche. So tying all these things together, the moral of the story is liberal regressives, you know, they, they, they believe that you can only have behavior mandated or you can have it banned. They have absolutely no concept of choice unless it involves killing a baby. That's the only time where we're choice, uh, where you can actually make a free choice is to ending the life of a baby. The, the liberal regressive ideology is so radical that they have to indoctrinate children who do not have the life experiences or the, the understanding or the mental development necessary to understand that they're being poisoned. The leftist regressives demanding to groom children are child predators, period. Leftist regressives want to disassociate behavior from consequences of preferred groups and, and have, have really disconnected the, um, you know, student loans from repayment. I mean, if you take out an obligation, you know, that debt can be forgiven if you fit into certain boxes, if you check in certain boxes that the, that the federal government dictates. So you're not, you're not, uh, they're, they're wanting to disconnect, um, you know, your, your, the obligations that you, that you, that you contractually, your legal, legally contractual obligations that you make from having to actually be responsible for those uh, obligations. Uh, employment from income, we saw this throughout the, uh, pan, the pandemic with stimulus payments that, you know, you can stay home, you can be unemployed, we're going to, we're going to increase unemployment uh, benefits up to 52 weeks because, you know, we want to, we're big government. We want to take care of you. We should be able to, you still want to have, you know, be able to afford things, afford to live, but you don't actually have to put any effort into, into generating your own income in order to support yourself. And so they have that disconnection. And then also in the area of, like with 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 abortion and reproduction, they want to uh, separate the act of sexual intercourse from the very real possibility of impregnation and giving birth and creating another human being. So they want to make all these all these disconnections. So the liberal regressives believe that all wealth, property, and your children 
belong to them. They know how best to distribute the fruits of your labor and raise your children. Remember the Hillary Clinton that takes a village, um, you know, com comment back in back when she was one of the times when she was running for president. Now, there's no doubt that it takes a community, it takes family, it takes friends, takes support structures for, for I mean, for to function. That's part of civil society. But ultimately, there, there's nobody that should care more about their child than the parent. So I hope this helps. If you look through this, uh, any liberal regressive policy through this lens that everything belongs to them, property, wealth, ideas, uh, and your children all belong to them, you'll understand their motives. And it does not make any sense but it will through this lens. And this is absolutely 100% pure evil. So I hope that you enjoyed this, uh, this uh, uh, podcast today and we will be back and we'll talk about some, some more uh, great earth shattering news. Uh, there's just so many things happen uh, in upcoming episodes. Really appreciate you being here. Again, go to our Facebook site, Freedom's Call on Facebook. Uh, check out our uh, webpage, freedom call, freedomscall.net, and, um, you know, like, uh, you know, send us some comments, shoot us some messages. If there's something that you would like to see discussed here on the podcast, you know, just shoot us a direct message there on the, uh, on the, on the Facebook page. And be sure to subscribe to the Freedom's Call podcast on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or your uh, favorite uh, podcast platform. Until next time, I'm Brett Sterling signing off. Thank you for joining us here on Freedom's Call. Let freedom ring.